This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Shane, we talk a lot about what it takes to make an agency successful and what it takes to have this kind of holistic success that the independent channel gives us. But on the flip side of that, let's talk about what makes an agent fail. There's all the statistics things. Not enough capital. The weirdly, really crazy statistic about 90% of all businesses fail in the first year. They're statistics, right? And they're coming from trusted sources. I have no argument to debate that those things aren't accurate. I just think about this in my experiences with agencies and agencies that have been started over the last decade that we've helped partner with. And most of that failure has generally been around focus and not being all in. And yeah, there were probably a little bit of capital issues in that. Like some folks didn't understand what it actually took to start an agency. There's this misconception about one, what it does take to start an agency from a capitalization standpoint and what it takes in terms of focus in order to be really good at this. Because the agency business maybe just don't understand this 24 to 36 month startup cycle that they're going to go through. As a generalization, how much capital do you need to have cash in the bank to start an agency comfortably? Man, this is such a scenario that is different. I mean, I think you have to qualify the scope here of the candidate because I'm talking to an individual right now that just retired from a 20-year military career and has military retirement. That individual doesn't need the same level of cash in the bank that a 24-year-old needs in the bank or a 32-year-old who's married and already has a family and a mortgage needs in the bank. I love the question, but you have to kind of nail down the candidate around that question because it's different for the different candidates. It's different for where you're at in life to what it needs to be. I can tell you this, and I've heard agents say this, the 24-month dark period. That's two years, and two years is not nothing. Two years is something. Two years is long when you're going through it. When you're trying to pay the bills and trying to eat and trying to pay a mortgage, 24 months is a long time. You have to be able to understand that that first six to 12 month period, you need to expect that you're not going to make much money. You're not going to have a lot of revenue. You're going to be building a lot of things. And so it would be nice to have the ability to budget yourself through a six to 12 month period. But I don't know that you have to have 24 months worth of cash sitting around. It's not that cash intensive because you are going to sell some business. You are going to start generating revenue to help. You just may not be able to take a consistent salary for that first 24 month period. We would have people call us and go, I've got a license or I've been working over here at XYZ agency and I want to go out on my own. I want to start my business. And they have no savings. They had nothing and they would fail. Of course, if we tried to help, if we said, well, we like them a lot. They're really nice. We really like their attitude. All those things that are good, they're necessary, 
but they don't necessarily put you in the best place to start a business if you don't have some savings, some capital, some way to eat while you're building this business. And this isn't an insurance agency specific problem. There's a reason that McDonald's, there's a reason why they have minimum capital requirements on their franchises. They have to be able to actually accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. There's got to be some dollars there, some savings there. But again, it's such a time of life thing. Are you married? Is the spousal income enough to support this endeavor? There's so many things that you can look at to try to, quote, qualify a person to do this. Going back to why agents fail, and you just brought up the spouse thing, and I see that as a huge one. I see not having spousal support or not having a spouse who understands what you're going through starting a business as huge. I've seen so many new agents have spouses that say things like, well, you own the business, you can do whatever. So now you can take the kids to school. You can pick the kids up. You're the responsible one of doing A, B, C, D, and E. You can keep the house clean. You can make sure that dinner is cooked because you're your own boss. That's not spousal support (laughs) to completely change the dynamic there or this assumption that you started a business. Ooh, you're a business owner. You're a business owner of nothing at this point because you just started a business. You have no customers yet. You're a business owner of a vapor company. That's this complete illusion by one side of the partnership where they just don't understand. And just because you are now a business owner doesn't mean you have all this time in the world. I hear that from people all the time today. You're in the insurance business. You're you're a business owner. I guess you don't have to work. I'm going to guess I work today in some form of fashion. I work 75 to 80 hours a week as a business owner in my 27th year. Now, is it the type of work that I did at 24? No, it is not. And so as a business owner, you are going to spend a lot of time in that first 24 to 36 months doing a lot of work. And sure, you can break away and go get the kids from school. But it's not that you now have this ultra flexibility in the early days that the spouse that's working a traditional corporate job doesn't have. There has to be boundaries set around that. That could be a component of failure. So I'm going to argue with your figures. There's 168 hours in a week. I would be willing to bet that you work 100 of those hours in some way, shape, form, or fashion. That you are thinking about this business in some way 100 hours a week. I can't argue with that. There are points in time where I am thinking about the business in some constant way. Now, that sounds crazy on the surface when you say it like that, but I'm not a maniac. I'm not a workaholic, so to speak. And I do take my breaks. I do get away. I do practice my own preaching about work-life balance. But as a business owner, you can't help it. Find me a business owner that has a ton of hobbies outside of their business, where their business isn't their hobby as well. And I think it's a really small percentage. I think it's just who we are. That's very natural. Uh, I don't have a ton of hobbies, but the hobbies that I do have, I actually am thinking about my business or maybe haven't thought or strategic thought about the business while I'm in the hobby. And so you're probably right. I'm making up a number of 75 to 80 hours a week. I'm doubling a a traditional work week, but it could be a hundred. So let's talk more about focus. We have seen 
seen agents fail because of anything from they've decided to run for political office to moonlighting, doing X, Y, or Z. Why is focus so important and what does focus mean to you? Focus means that you're all in. And while I believe this business is the best business in the world and an incredible work-life balance business long-term, it is a business that requires your focus, especially in the early days. There's this misconception about the insurance agency business, number one. I think it gets plowed into the maybe life insurance business for some reason because the outside industry world doesn't really understand the difference. If you write a couple of life insurance policies every month and you make $4,000 and you didn't work that much, I mean, people have this sort of illusion about that. That is not the property and casualty business, number one. You have to be able to focus in order to have success. And if you can't focus, it's okay, but you're not ready. That's my statement on that. It's okay not to be ready to start an agency. It's okay if you're 24 years old and you don't start your agency until you're 29 or 30. It's okay if you're 34 and you can't start it till you're 38. There's this rush to do this because I just have to do it right now, but I'm not ready. I still need a day job. I need to work a second job. I need to be in another business while I'm trying to start this new business. All of those things are complete distractions when it comes to starting an independent agency. And I think the thing that people need to hear is it's okay not to be ready. That doesn't mean you can't do this at some point in the future, but you need to plan to do this. I've got one for you. Doing business the same way as an independent agency owner that you did when you ran your Allstate agency. That's an interesting one. First and foremost, I'll use the State Farm example because I have a real experience with that. I know you used Allstate, but it's the same. So you have these brands, and I have a real experience with that deer in the headlights, independent agent, startup coming over from State Farm. And this realization after the fact from the agent of how much business that agent was actually writing because of State Farm, because of what they called transfer business, what we would call agent of record business. They had a term called transfer business. Basically what it meant is where he was, because they have their neighborhood offices, they have their signage, everything's very, very pristine at State Farm offices and storefronts are very important and people move into the community and they just go to the local State Farm agent and they transfer their business from wherever they come from. The number he gave me blew my mind. 30, 40 policies a month. A big number. Enough of a number that it would satisfy your new business premium and new business production for the month. And and an independent agency would be happy about that. He gets into the independent agency world and he hasn't done lead generation in a decade. He hasn't gone out and sold in a decade. And he's realized that this is a different world. That this requires lead generation. This requires some sales acumen. This requires you to go find business that you can't just sit there and wait. I think other big brand components of the distribution system fall into this bucket. Like I can't do things the same way. I only have one company over here in the captive system. Now I've got multiple companies and I got to learn this and I got to get better at this and I got to become advisor. I can't just sell them a policy. 
take it or leave it. Here's my policy. Here's my captive company policy. Totally different world. Going back to capital, we have seen where there has been an extremely successful captive agent who has decided to set a spouse or their children up in the independent agency world. And so they're using X capital to open Y's agency. But then we have the challenge of the child wants to do business their way, but it's the dad's capital, so it needs to be done the other way. So I think that using someone else's capital is setting yourself up for failure. It depends on what strings are still attached with that capital. If it's, I'm going to help you here, I'm going to help fund this for you, I'm going to help you get into this business, but I'm going to control this. That's going to be challenging to you dads out there, to you moms out there that want to help understand that there needs to be some tripping and falling. It's no different than when they were little riding a bike. Sometimes you got to let them go. You got to let them trip and fall. Now, you can be a backstop. I love the whole imagery of be a backstop, but not the catcher. That type of scenario here, really, we need to take a look at. And I think about that. That time of life is coming up on me probably over the next five years with my kids. And they're going off into different industries at this point. But if I want to help them, I got to think like a backstop and not the catcher. And I feel like what I have seen a lot of parents do in that situation is they want to be the pitcher and the catcher. They want to do it all and they've got to let little Sally or little Johnny go. They got to let them go do this. And yeah, it's your money. I get it. But it's hard to not let them go through this experience and say, hey, I've got this creative juice flowing. And I think I'm talking to these other peer group people in the independent agency world and they're saying this is working for them. I think I want to try that, but that's not how mom or dad did it. I know what our program costs to join the Integra Partner Program. And the figures is, I think, very low for the value behind it. But there are some programs out there that are twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. And people are having to long-term finance those initial fees of $40,000, to me, you're setting yourself up for failure from day one, taking out those kind of franchise fees. I like franchise models in all kinds of different businesses. So there's lots of really good examples about that, but I struggle with it on the insurance agency model. The reason I think I kind of struggle with that is this financing concept. I've got to finance my entry point. And why does the franchisor have to provide financing? Does that mean they don't have enough candidates that can pay the franchise fee? I have lots of questions around that. Is that really not a setting up for failure kind of model? Because there's no real asset behind that. It's not like I'm going to do a McDonald's franchise and I need to go get financing for my building, for my property. Well, at the end of that, I still have the property. I still have the land. I have a tangible asset there. At the end of my franchise fee financing, what do I have? That's my real question. And I understand that I'm not in that world and I don't do that, but I'm trying to put some common sense around it and go, isn't that one of those sort of failure bucket items? If I have to finance this franchise fee or this entry fee, maybe I'm not ready. Maybe it's that you are ready, but it's not the right product for you. There are products out there that don't cost $40,000 that are actually better products. There are. I am not not against anybody out there 
putting a price tag on what they see their business being worth. Somebody wants to charge a $40,000 franchise fee. It's what I love about America. It's what I love about capitalism. I'm all for it. I just think that if I'm the buyer of that, I want to make sure that I'm educating the buyer to what are you getting and is this a good fit for you? Is this going to give you the return? Something else that I see that causes failure, and we discuss this all the time, is that whole idea of comparison. When you're starting your business, wanting to have that fancy office, wanting to have the high-end building in the best neighborhood. No, I'm not saying go and get an office front that is between the vape shop and the laundromat, which we call washeterias down here in the South, but apparently they don't call them that other parts of the country. But be someplace that you're comfortable. Be someplace that's respectable, unless you're in a model that allows you to work from home. But I see so many people make such a capital investment in trying to get the fancy building in the fancy office, and it just kills them from the beginning. This is an ego thing to me. I need to show people that I've arrived. It's not who we are, obviously. It's not who I am. So I I struggle with that kind of view that you need to do that, especially if you're in personal lines. There might could be an argument somewhere, the certain type of business that you write, depending on if you've got some kind of really big experience in private client, private high net worth business, and you need to be in a certain area and your desk needs to look a certain way and you need to have a conference room that looks a certain way. That's the very, very minute percentage of agents out there. Most agents that are starting new agencies don't start out looking like that day one. And it becomes a waste of money unless you're that person. And I will say that 94, 96% of your customers are never going to see your office. Never. Another thing, starting your agency, leaving your ego at the door, do not get a giant billboard with your face on it. It is not going to sell insurance for you. I do not think that the first thing you need to do is buy a giant billboard with your face on it. I'm not a billboard guy. I'm not even a big advertising guy. So, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you. So if I present the idea that we're going to put giant Shane billboards all up around East Texas, you're not going to go for that? I think that's going to get rejected right off the bat. I just don't see that happening in my lifetime. I think you're going to use my, my husband's quote of people that have really good ideas sometimes have really bad ideas. It happens. It happens. It happens to us all. Another thing that I see as a challenge is people nickel and dime subscription themselves to death, especially when you're first opening a business. It's like there's the Batman signal goes out over your business and everybody wants to sell you something. And it is amazing how many new agents will $9.99, $19.99, $49.99 themselves to death because every salesperson out there convinces them that they need this product. Just say no. That's a really good strategy early on. Just say no when it comes to buying stuff. Buy as little as you can. Have your system, have your CRM and your or your management system. Use it to its fullest potential and 
just say no to everything else out there. That's just where I'm at on that because where we go, where agents go is to your point is they end up with all this stuff and they don't know how to work the stuff that they have and they forget that it's hitting the credit card every month and they look up five, six months down the road and they've Netflixed their business to death and they've got nothing to truly show for it. One of the worst pieces of business advice that someone ever gave me was they're not going to buy from me unless I buy from them. There's more customers that don't have sales jobs. So find some different customers. And I'm very familiar with that one in our local community. We have passed on some commercial business because that particular prospective customer of ours was in the heating and air conditioning business. And they actually did the heating and air conditioning for five other agencies in town. And they were all customers. And so their way of handling that was to split up their commercial business, their personal business amongst the owners. They would split it all up and become what I have always referred to as part-time clients to these five different agencies. And we were asked to look at their insurance at one time and we're not actually a customer of theirs. And it was like, well, we need to look at all of it or we're out. And we can't look at your commercial auto and not look at your liability. There's too much connectedness there. We have to do this. They didn't want to do that. And so we bowed out. We said, I'm sorry, but we're not going to do business that way. We can't do business that way. It has nothing to do with y'all. It's just, we can't do that. It's too much E&O exposure for us to not know what the left hand and the right hand are doing together. That's turning away business and walking away from potential business because this particular customer is spreading it across the marketplace to try to satisfy their customer environment. And I just think there's enough customers out there for everybody that you don't have to do business that way. You don't have to do that. Shane, let's sum this up today. Why are agencies successful? What makes them fail? Agencies are successful when they focus, when they have a plan, when they stick to the plan. The ones that fail either aren't ready to start in the first place, capital, Uh, ability to fund their project for the next year or two and the ones that dabble here dabble there and lose their focus and i am a firm believer of that if you have the right personality makeup and abilities to do the sale to be a good risk manager then you can succeed in this business but you can't succeed in this business if you don't have focus i'm going to leave us with this quote from tony dorsett to succeed you need to find something to hold on to something to motivate you and something to inspire you Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.